0: Three, two, one.
1: Here we go. Welcome to Sober in the States football. Here are your host, the Taco Slayer for and MLS card. Oh, welcome to another episode of Sober in the States, the podcast. Guess what? Silver has released rivals and it's fun, but can it really onboard the masses? We're here to find out. Chris, the backwards guy over here, as always, with me, we have Bob Flynn, Orange Fly. You love him. All we had to do is pay him chocolate milk and fruit snacks, and he shows up. Ooh,
2: what man, a price to man. get a goat.
1: I'm saying, dude, cheap. I love it. Did you know Sober goats ate fruit snacks? Now. I didn't know that who we do now and if you're on youtube you already know but we have a special guest because what better way to i guess i was gonna say like surprise but no like i don't know i lost the words either way look rivals is new hunter is new (laughs) i messed up the intro whatever what's up hunter welcome to the show you are new to football hello
3: yeah thanks for having me i've been learning a lot about football recently getting into rivals been having a ton of fun haven't had a ton of success yet. But uh, I've been having fun doing it and uh, happy to learn more from you guys.
1: Yes. So, this is the exciting thing, right? If you know Hunter, he does a show, sideline talk. He talks to sewer managers all over the place, right? And he's not really a football guy, he's a baseball guy. And as I'm talking, I'm realizing that all three of you are baseball guys, and it's grossing me out a little bit. All right. So, we're not going to have that well, on let me this show. Up this... On him later. No, no, we're <laughs> not talking about it. All right, we're not right. We're not diverting the show any more than it needs to. We're not talking about it. But Hunter, you are not a football guy. Since Rivals has been out, I feel like you've been sending me requests every day. So before <laughs> we get into it, before we ask all these other nerds that have been in the soccer streets, I need to know from you, what is it about Rivals that has you so engaged right now? Because you are all in.
3: Yeah, I think when when you showed me I, and I tried it, I think it's, you know, it's just easy to, to get started. It's just one game. You just choose five players. It's free to play as well. Um, and it just kind of reminds me of of Showdown in, in DFS a little bit, uh, which I like. And um, yeah, there's, there's, you know, it it gives me a reason to, you know, to stream some of these games and uh, you know, I've always liked soccer, just haven't really gotten into it. So for me to actually watch the game and have some skin in the game, uh, it is fun to, you know, to track it and, and, and get involved. So I've, I've been having a good time
1: with it. So do you think that if you didn't have a DFS background, you would be that into it still, or do you think it's like scratching that DFS itch?
3: Um, I would say... Good question. I, I feel like the DFS background has given me definitely a love for for fantasy in general. And I, I think that that is why I, I do like it. I played a lot of showdown in, in my day uh, and it was easy for me to, to get started, um, you know, putting together teams, even though it is a different sport. So so I would say my DFS background has, has played a big part in it.
2: Have you started uh, kind of following like a specific team or have you like found a new team that you like want to start following now?
3: Um, so I will be adopting, uh, Charlotte as my team. I think, uh, Chris, I've heard you are a fan mm. as well, oh, or maybe you're not. I, I that's forget. Bob.
1: Oh, that's Bob. that's Bob.
3: Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm going to start following MLS, uh, this season and I recently moved to North Carolina. So I will be adopting Charlotte as my team. I told that to trip and B on our episode a couple weeks ago. He is also a Charlotte fan. Uh, he says I should be looking forward to this season. So I I'm excited.
2: He always says you should be looking forward to Charlotte, though, so I wouldn't trust him at all. Bob I might trust a little bit more, so maybe Bob has some thoughts on Charlotte. But
0: Hey, man, Charlotte's going to be fun this year, guys. Ooh, Charlotte's going to be a lot of fun. New, new manager in there, you know, so change up some tactics. Got some people out the door that have not done well. Got a DP slot opening up here, Chris, and we know how important the DP slots are. Let's see if we can actually get somebody in there that's good, right? But uh, our boy Ben Bender's going to be out for a little bit, unfortunately.
2: So Benny, what did to have to wait on that. What a disappointment. <sighs> yeah. look,
1: look. Chris, you and me, we've, we've kind of chatted about rivals. We, we, we were in the beta yeah. early. We were all in there, yeah. but we haven't really talked about it since its release. So has anything changed for you now that the full game is out and released? How are you on rivals? Where are you? And how are you feeling in these early days?
2: I mean, I'd say the first week I was, I was all in, like I was playing, I was going for that like 30 days in a row thing or whatever um playing just like loving it i wasn't i didn't really watch i think i watched maybe like two more games than i normally would have watched um but i was just trying to get a game in at least every single day um and then like obviously arenas is super fun and like getting you know the ranked matchups and going head to head and seeing you know what happens uh with that but like i'm trying to be super strategic and not like put myself at a disadvantage in arena because like i have very few cards that are playing right now, and a lot of people have cards that are playing. Um, so like I'm I'm using some of my some of my big guns, some of my U23 guys, um, but like trying to stay away from just like the random games that I enter. Um, so I'm stockpiling a lot of rivals tickets for when MLS comes back, which I think is gonna be a whole lot of fun. And I know we've got some plans for for uh for rivals once MLS comes back. But yeah, I mean it's a great game mode. Um it'd be cool if you could like trash talk the other person as the game's going on like i do with you typically um like when we're matched up like, like ooh, looks like you're uh you're falling behind there kid um but yeah I'd, I'd love like a little chat feature and you could just like go and you know nicely trash talk
1: that, that's just asking for trouble but i love that you said that because <laughs> me hunter and bob you know we've been chat, we've done rainmaker stuff and you know we've had this little chat and ever since rivals it's been like more and more and it's like quick to get in and Hunter's been on this whole like beginners luck thing because it took me like four or five games to beat him, and clearly he doesn't know anything. (laughs) So that just tells. See, it's fair for everybody. Okay, everybody has a chance. It's a perfect example. (laughs) But we're gonna take it to the other side real quick before we go back to the beginning. Go to the far, the way, the deep depths of the ocean on the whaley side. Someone that has a bunch of cards who is probably optimized to be playing right now in Rivals. Bob
0: Flynn, how are you enjoying Rivals right now? I like it, man. I mean. It's you and I've talked a little bit. It's as Chris said, you kind of kind of pick your places where you're going to play. And my addictive personality means that I want to play all the time everywhere. And I cannot string together five wins, Chris. So I have one ticket left. I want maybe three. <laughs> I have one ticket and I want to play more. Like I really want to climb that leaderboard. I have cards to put in, but what we're finding, and I know that some other guys have talked about this, is that at least in the early stages, common players, only common players were only playing against only common players. And then if you put any pro cards in, you're playing against other really stacked teams. And the example I can use is one of my first games that I put pro cards in. Chris, I faced our buddy Brees. Mm.
2: He's and, got a gallery and a half, man. Exactly, and yeah, it's not like my good. gallery is bad, right? But like, right.
0: that's when like when we're in like the low two hundreds for the zap ratings. Like when I'm playing Breeze, like we're talking about like two like top fifty-ish galleries on the entire platform. Right, they're you know, playing each other at like really low ranks. You know what I mean? And so like that was just like ooh they like yeah. this is tough. And I was asking myself. Should I just be playing the commons so I can play against these people like Hunter that have no idea what they're doing? <laughs> no, I mean, but it's it's a serious question, right? And what I said to Jorge is I I went I went to like the extremes. Like Elo is a good system; it works in video games and stuff like that. Too good is you know quote unquote good, but at least it's a way to prioritize these things. And like, if you are going to allow commons to only play against commons. Even if they're you know up at 500 in the rankings, they're not facing any big accounts. They have no, they have no reason to buy more cards. And so as I've yeah. thought about this more and more, Chris, I'm saying to myself, so if it's easy to get three wins, if it's easy when you don't play with pro cards to get five wins because you're not playing against like really experienced competition typically, or you're just not using pro cards, which a lot of experienced people are just not doing, you have an easier path up those ranks and it feels a little disconnected from the bigger galleries that have spent money and don't ever get the opportunity because i would love to be able to play against you know hunter in arenas but hunter and i will not be able to do that unless hunter buys cards and then i was asking myself what is the purpose of rivals is it truly the onboarding tool to get people in, to buy a limited card, to win a limited card? Like, where is it and who's actually buying those cards? And I think what I believe, and I have no evidence to support this, is that rivals, where they're getting their money now, are from people like me that are uber competitive, that want to rise up the ranks, play their pro cards. So we have three pro cards. We're like, well, I need to fill this out and I can get these two guys for 20 bucks. So I'm just going to insta buy those and just go buy them right now. Whereas your new users are not buying. These. Like, what is the point for a new user? If it's like, okay, I opened up a box. I want a Mo Salah. Congratulations. I'm going to sell Mo Salah for 60 bucks. And then I'm going to start the process all over again. And to me, this leads to multi-accounting, which we know we've had problems. Like if you have the opportunity to play against lower competition, even at higher ELOs, Chris, where you're never going to face a me, or an Anzo yes. or a Laird or anybody like that. And you just keep recycling, like, and we're not good, like, Soar is not great with multi-accounting, as is, at least in the quick, immediate turn, because this is what these things really are. You can snap off three wins in a day if you create an account. Right. Like, and how do we stop this from happening and people just running the lottery box in doing this over and over again? Because I feel like I'm the one spending money now to keep climbing, but I don't have any tickets and I would love to be able to get
2: tickets, you know? So definitely one of those things, like one of the ways they kind of prevent that. And I, I don't know where I saw this, but I saw it somewhere. It's like the mm-hmm. better box you have, like the more wins you have, the higher chance you have of winning something like decent. Yep. Um, the boxes that I've had, I haven't gotten anything out of them. I've just got tickets, which is, you know, fine and great. Mm-hmm. Um, but like just flat out opening a new box, I mean, I, or opening a new account and, and winning like three in a row. Like I would hope that you're not going to be able to get enough Mo Salas that way you know, to really make it worth your time to do that. Um, But to your point, like, yeah, that's that system doesn't really make sense because the whole point of rival should be to get people to buy cards and Mm -hmm. actually play the real game. Um, And I say real game, and, like, this is a real game. It's just separate. So, really, we should say, like, the other game, the pro game. Um, But, yeah, I think matching people up based on the ELO and not based on what cards they put in the lineup, makes way more sense and i'm sure they get to that at some point mm-hmm. unless there's some reason that i'm missing that maybe you guys have that you would want to keep commons versus commons and maybe you want to give like a new player buffer so to speak but yep um it doesn't really make too much sense to me but yeah. what do no, you think jorge
1: well i was, I was, I was there's, there's so much i could say to that it's like i was like oh i want to see some of like that and then you kept talking I was like oh i want to answer that too uh real quick jvic before we move on because i really have a perfect transition for hunter but and the whole like multi-accounting thing is like if they gave away less tickets but like gave you some for cheap to buy wouldn't that disencourage multi-accounting because no one's going to continuously pay on multiple accounts to get multiple tickets just to maybe win a Mosa law so that's one thing to counter that right there well, but in general like you
0: how much would you be willing to pay for arena tickets because you don't have any well I'd pay a ton like I would actually like I am waiting for arena tickets to become available on the club shop, like actually makes yeah. oh, it so worthwhile for me because yeah. I will spend my point. Cause honestly, I don't have the fast enough internet connection to win a sweatshirt and stuff like that, or win a hat, you know? So I would much rather buy the arena tickets because again, I want to be at the top of the board. Like the 700, like the first person that hit 700 came out and quite honestly, you're asking me, I expect somebody like Nanzo to be the one winning that, not a no-name account that right. won it because he's put the time and effort and knows what he's doing. He's playing against the toughest people, right? Like, And that's what I would expect to happen. And, of course, that's very whale-ish talk, right? But I think that we need to see a little bit of that balance. And, you know, I, Laird and um, Black and Keith and all those guys and Sean, they talked about, you know, if they split up, you know, common only, Competitions that go all the way through pro only, and like they actually make two different things where the rewards are better on the pro side. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I mean, and the thing when you say, like, how how many people are going to multi-account Jorge? A lot. Because it doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to spend any money to go in and just put in common teams over and over and over again. And you're given free tickets once you win your first matchup. You know what I mean? So like it's, this is a free rule, like the definition of free rule. And realistically in the world, how quickly can you turn around a multi-account? Because you need actual investigation. You can't just say, oh, hey, so-and-so was multi-accounting, right? It takes time. And by that point, most of that stuff is gone and it's already happened. And now, of course, I'm going to the extremes. And that's kind of what we do. We panic. We go to the extremes. But given you know, the first two weeks have been a lot of fun. I mean, I'm checking it all the time. I would spend my so rare coins on arena tickets because I have nothing else to buy with them. Like I can buy some level ups and stuff like that, but also I don't think the level ups, Chris and Hunter, like make a ton of sense unless you have a level 17 card. Right. Right. Like those are the hardest levels to get. And I'm slowly grinding my cards up, but I'm not there yet. So to answer Vic's question, I would spend thousands of club shop points. I wouldn't spend actual money to buy them because I think that gets into like microtransactions and all those other things and, you know maybe that's their future maybe that's their future revenue stream is microtransactions you know pay a dollar for four tickets five tickets whatever it may be and there will be a lot of people that pay that so think oh, about for sure Chris would you rather people spend- pay that
2: and all the time for packs mm-hmm. of, of cards to get, to get stuff exactly and
0: honestly like if you said Bob you can spend two dollars and get five tickets I would do it right away right away because i mean at this point you can go you can't even get like food for two dollars anymore you can't even get like a soda from like a freaking quickie Mart for two dollars Grandpa,
2: paul i want a bubble gum
0: yeah right? dollar mcchickens yeah dude like i mean i can't even go to the dollar store and get things for a dollar anymore it's a dollar twenty dollars so yeah but no so i mean yeah answering that question i would i'd spend money on it because I'm finding it engaging. I'm learning more about teams that I don't know, and I'm making mistakes, and I'm trying to figure out how to play the game as we go up. And Chris, you and I talked a couple of years ago on one of the early podcasts, and one of the things that we talked about was how do you play the game? Do you play the game to win in like a specific division? Do you trade? And I, my premise was it's really hard to be great at both. Yeah. You really got to pick one. And I'm wondering if Rivals goes along the same kind of thinking. Are your pro players, they're really heavily focused on pro, week to week, going to be the best Rivals players? And is that a function of having the best cards? I don't know. I'd love to know. I'd love to find it, though.
2: I kind of think it's a a different game. It's a whole different game because you're... (laughs) Like when you're playing pro, right? You can pick from anyone that plays in America. You can pick from anyone that plays in Asia. You have a ton of flexibility with how you put things together. Mm -hmm. Rivals is so limited and so focused. A lot of the times you're going to have the same cards as the person you're playing against. Yep. So it comes down to bonuses. It comes down to can you have the one player that's going to pop off in that game that the other person is not going to have? Um, so I think it's it's a whole different mindset and a whole different game, and I think it's a whole different strategy. Um, and to kind of go along with your point, I just looked at the person who's in first place in the overall leaderboard has mm-hmm. four limited cards. Yeah.
0: Four. It's Hunter, cool. that could be you. And, and that's <laughs> so, so Hunter, as our new user, have you considered buying limited cards to play in the pro division? So play against pro players, in rivals at this point, like, has that even crossed your mind?
3: Um, you know, it hasn't. I'm not really there yet, to be honest. I have a lot to learn. Um, but you know, eventually, yeah, I, I want to
0: mm-hmm. not at the and, moment, yeah. And it, it takes the time, and like, and that's what we're talking about. And Hunter's an experienced, so rare player, so he knows so rare, so it still takes the time. And I mean, Chris, yeah, when we look at, like, I said, like, I've been buying random cards and like. I have an entire stack from Senegal and none of them play in covered leagues. <laughs> they got you.
2: <laughs> they got you. <laughs> they got you. <laughs>
0: like This is no what's happening. Like, but like, because it's, I'm competitive. Like I have, yeah, like, right. I win some money in a threshold or whatever it might be. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> bye-bye then. You know, <laughs> it's, and it's an interesting thing. And like, and I'm finding that like, if you look at my gallery now, Jorge, it's like, smitten with a whole bunch of limited cards i'm like why do i have these like i look <laughs> at it every day i'm like yeah why'd you do that bob Just <laughs> <You know? laughs> like oh. that and mls rares chris i'm coming for you
2: yeah it, i'm not it, excited about that whatsoever oh <laughs> it's, man
1: it's so funny that like because, like, you, you talk to Hunter, and he's like, yeah, no, it's free to play. Why would I play that? And that goes into, like, <laughs> yeah, like pitting commons with commons, like, where it's it's kind of great at the beginning because it makes sense, right? Everybody's on an even playing field. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like it, it was almost intentional because you got to think, at the beginning, everyone was starting from zero. I was going to be at the same level. After a week or two, you're going to see, like you've been saying, Bob, the people that are really competitive, that are really serious, are now way up there, where Hunter's not going to face them anyway. So mm-hmm. if they haven't yeah. made that switch already to be like, okay, You've been hanging out in commons long enough, like we're really going to start mixing it. If someone's just starting out today, you know, they haven't had time to play rivals, but they have a gallery, they should be able to go there and play their limiteds. Yeah. Hunter, if you played, if you got matched up against more people with limiteds, would that incentivize you to do it? Or would you be like, oh, this is too hard? Uh No
3: um first of all i just want to on the record that i am five and three against pk so uh you guys should, <laughs> I'm, I'm not as bad as you guys think but he knows um ball
2: better than <laughs> professional ballers <laughs>
3: Yeah. last time i checked pk was a professional soccer player so he probably knows a little bit um anyways uh yeah if i was playing against guys with limited would i be more incentivized to buy limiteds with the question okay yeah, yeah. um I mean, I guess it depends. Like, what the the prize is. Like, what am I winning for for mm. beating these guys? Like, I, I feel like right now it's not about the prizes for me. I'm I'm kind of just I like to play to to kind of learn the game because I'm brand new and learn the players. But you know, if I knew there was like a big prize up top and and I you know I was facing some guy with limited, it's like yeah, I'd want to i want to beat him. But right now I'm not like super incentivized uh, to win. You know what I'm saying?
1: Is it because the streak it seems like like unattainable almost because you feel like your lack of knowledge won't let you get there?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. It's, uh, yeah, that sounds about right.
0: So what, what kind of reward would be worth it though? Because, and I asked this question to a lot of people because realistically, we get into the pro, you want to do great and like you're going up, you hit that floor. If, if Sower sets the floor at 200 and like once you pass 200, like then it's like straight up, ELO matching. Mm-hmm. Like, which would make sense. You set a floor. Like, once you get to two hundred, it's straight up Elo match. It doesn't matter what kind of cards you have. Like, at what points would the rewards need to be good enough for you to truly invest in it to Hmm. make it competitive? Knowing, of course, that you are going to be facing people like me, like potentially Nonzo if you get greats, like Chris Jorge, who have like full galleries of cards. Like, you don't ever want to play Jorge and get stuck against Jorge playing against like Orlando City. You know, I mean, you can handle Chris with his DC United stacks because they suck, but.
2: Well, he'd have to pick DC United players too, Bob. (laughs) not how that works. No, they have have an opponent. Come on,
0: Chris. (laughs) But no, like, but like, and I I always wonder that because when I look at things, so I'm up there too. And I ask myself, is it worth buying super rares, let's say, or uniques in champion Europe? So that I would be legitimately playing against Sean PSU fans and those guys that have the top end uniques, what would it cost me? Is it worth my time and money and investment to do this? And that's always a question. I think a lot of us ask ourselves and this gets into like the whole progression thing too. It's like, what would it take you kind of prize would incentivize you enough that is realistic to reach because, and this, yeah. I was going to say, and this could be coming to baseball
1: too. So you could, you can kind of put yourself in those shoes too. Yeah, so I think about Coming it to it, basketball. <laughs>
0: think about it from the baseball perspective. Andre. Like what would it take to really, what would it take for you to move up and say, holy crap, uh, I'm playing against everybody that has brave stacks right now. I need mm-hmm. a brave stack, but if I have my limited brave stack, you know, I'm playing against Bob who has an Acuna super rare. Like, is it worth buying up? Is it worth, like, what is the thing to trigger you to move up a little bit?
3: Yeah, good question. I know uh, Tripp and B teased the the baseball rivals on the show. Got me a little excited. Um, I guess you know, really, just winning a card that's that's alive, right? Even if it's you know some crappy second baseman or something, just someone that you can put in there. You know, someone that excites you. You know, not not someone that's in the minors or anything like that. Um, yeah, just any, anything you know to to get started. Um, something you can sell in the marketplace for you know five dollars ten dollars max you know just slowly build it up from there um yeah it doesn't need to be anything anything crazy but just uh you know just a little a little prize for for the hard work you put in
2: see here's here's one of my points that i don't think this, this is why i say bridles and pro are two totally different games because bob you're talking about like psu has all these top-notch uniques right mm-hmm. he's got a unique on a specific team you can only use that in one specific game correct um So the odds of him having... Well, I mean, people have stacks. So like it does happen. Um, But like you go and build a stack for, let's say, Charlotte. You only enter the arena when Charlotte's playing a game. Mm -hmm. Odds are, against the the elo you're playing against, odds are you're probably going to have a little bit of an advantage, if that makes sense.
0: Odds are I'm playing Trippin B, and he's got uniques and superpowers.
2: But Trippin should be... Since he has so much bigger of a gallery, he should be playing other games. So he should go up faster... He should be a lot higher than well, you on the Charlotte side. If that makes well, sense. On the
0: Charlotte side. Yeah. Like,
2: but so like you would, if you're just playing Charlotte, you would be yeah. a lot lower than someone who has a bigger gallery and plays other games. If that makes sense. Yeah.
0: But this game, as we know, is not just one team focused, you know, like, cause I can put out my, my defensive stack for Philly and I can put out my defensive stack for, you know, San Jose. And I'm going to keep rising up because I have really good MLS cards, you know? And like, it's, it's a whole gallery look, not just a one-off. Like, so think about right. Chris, when you play, you're like, man, I love my Liverpool stack. My Liverpool stack is awesome. I've got Allison. I've got Trent Arnold, Alexander. I've got Virgil van Dyke. I've got Shalosky uh, or Dominic. I can't even say his last name, too many syllables. And I've got, you know, Cody Gakpo or whomever up front. Right. And I've managed to fit them in to the cap. And I'm playing pro, and then it's just like, "Oops, I'm playing against YNWA, and he's got the entire team in unique." Like, what is the point?
2: What is the point? So in that one game, yeah. you're gonna get smoked, right? <laughs> but you're not gonna play YNWA every single week, is my point. Well,
0: but and that's so, and I know when I think I get up around like 500 or so in the beta, and we were playing the same people over and over and over again, and that tends to be what happens when you get to that point. So like there are certain levels right. that you can. But get. my,
2: I guess my like thinking is a, a guy with a limited stack is not ever getting to that point. Really? You know? You think uh, so? I don't I, think. I, I think you. Can. I don't think long term a guy with a limited stack in one team is ever gonna get that high because eventually they're gonna run into the WWA, and mm-hmm. then they'll lose and they'll drop back down, and they won't have anything else to build it back up off of.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is a slow grind up if you only have one team because you only have one game. Exactly. A week, right. Exactly. So, but it's, and it comes down to, and I think we sometimes overestimate a person's desire to win in these games and the connection to spend money to win in these games. And I don't know how you bring those two things together because if I'm Hunter right now, I'm learning how to play the game. I'm learning with commons. I'm making mistakes. I'm trying to figure out, like, what are the best combinations of guys to get? Like, yeah. should I do some research on this game before? And like, oh, hey, this guy takes penalty kicks, and this guy takes corner kicks. I need these two guys on my team, and then I want to find the other guy that takes penalty kicks on the other team just in case a penalty happens. So now I have all of these guys. I've jammed them into my team, and now I can take a crappy defender and the lowest – goalie and then we can go from there you know what i mean like there's like strategies that go through making this possible and then hunter like that's a thing to look at if you really want to start learning more about the soccer product and game itself what we find is that silver scoring is really a lot of it hinges on all-around play and big parts are the scores the the goals the goal line clearances those things that happen the decisive actions kind of like the home run headers of baseball right and so one of the things you can do in rivals is really focus on who those guys are on your team. So if you are playing a Columbus crew match, right, Chris, in MLS, you're playing Columbus crew. Like if you you want to try to figure out how to get Cucho Hernandez, Diego Rossi into your team, you can like right. fill in everybody else. You want those two guys in and you're going to make one of them your captain. Like That's just like you're going to have to do that every single time you play in every single arena with Columbus will have those two in there if they're healthy. So like there are guys like that, like you look at Houston, the Houston Dynamo Hunter, whenever they're playing at home, if you don't have Hector Herrera in at midfield and he is your captain, you're going to lose. End of statement. He scores, Hmm. he averages like 90, he averages like 122 points when
2: he's playing at home. Hmm. It's he's Wait, really, what? really good at 122. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> he's that good. No, he's but he's, he's
0: what? excellent. He's excellent. <laughs> but like, this is the kind of thing that strategically, when you look at it, you want to try to figure these things out. And I mean, it really comes down to understanding what each team does. And I can tell you that I'm experienced in this hunter. But I tried to play Liga MX yesterday. And it was very clear that I had no idea what I was doing.
2: Hori <laughs> has been cleaning up MX.
1: Oh, Shh! Don't tell I, people my secrets. I, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm hanging out with the whales on the leaderboard,
0: bro. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that Brandon Vasquez was even at Monterey. I was like, who's this scrub? Like, oh, I know. That yeah, scrub. I started him. <laughs> yeah. but I was like, why do, they have, why do they have Brandon Vasquez and Canales? Like, what? I'm like, okay. But yeah, it's like it it helps to know the teams. So like learn about Charlie, sure, like learn about specific teams, like those you can really focus on, you know. Yeah. Because as Chris yeah. said, when you play the Barcelona real matches, you know, the Man City matches, those teams you know who those guys are, and it's not unique because everybody, everybody that plays so knows who those guys are. Like if you don't have yeah. Rodri in the Man City. Like you're going to be struggling because he's going to get to hundred. <laughs> like, like you're going to need some of these guys in that squad. And so MLS, I think, is a great opportunity. Hunter and rivals is a great learning tool for it, and so rare data. Honestly, one of the things that I do, and I've started doing more and more, is I find what the competitions are that I want to watch. I want to run. I go on so rare data. I type the team name in. If you scroll down. You can see who takes their direct free kicks. You can see who takes their PKs. You can see who takes their corners. Those are the guys that have the highest probability of decisive actions because they are the ones involved in the most goal-oriented actions.
2: They're also generally the most technical player on the team, too. Exactly. They're they're on sets for a reason because they're generally the best
0: technical. Mm. So those are the things that you're looking for. And that's why the Monterey game yesterday was a lot of fun because Canales had like a 44 average and Brandon Vasquez had a really small average. i like, wow, those are free cheat codes. And they like, Canales takes PKs and set pieces, like easy, easy captain in, in selection. So it's stuff like that, which is more like the advanced kind of things that you go through that you need to start thinking about and looking through and focusing on specific teams that will help you learn how the soccer part of it goes. Because these attributes, they carry through the entire game. They carry you through into the pro game too. So you eventually...
2: So that's actually one thing that I want to talk about is the difference between the pro game and the rivals game. Yep. Right? Um, Because it is a whole different strategy. Like I, I know when we talked before about, you know, do you trade, do you play to win, that kind of thing. Um, we you mentioned at one point you had you know Kylian Mbappe, Erling Haaland, mm-hmm. all these guys on your team, and you mentioned that you rarely started Erling Haaland because he was great for a seventy, like he'd score a goal, get a little AA, but he was never getting eighties, nineties, right? Yep. Yep. Which in that in in that you know in the pro style to win higher awards, you need the eighties, nineties. Mm-hmm. Whereas in rivals, right, those guys that are like way up and down and can can throw out hundred, but also have those games that are thirty five. They're way more risky and you're playing one-to-one head-to-head and there's not a ton of options. Mm-hmm. So does that change your thinking at all? As far as like, do you want the consistent every game 70 versus the up and down 35 to 80 to 90? Cause in pro you definitely want the 35, 80 to 90.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me at least in hori, just for me at least I want to maximize my points. I'm looking for the guys that have the upside understanding of course, Chris, that you can only, you can't put a team together of four guys that have just upside. Right. So you can put your striker on there. That is usually good for a decisive, but he's only going to get you like two AA and get you a 62. Right. Right. But you don't want to take a high upside, but really low floor midfield player. And so a guy I would think of, From like years back, like remember when Randall Leal was just absolutely fantastic? He was on a heater when he was hot,
2: he was hot.
0: Yeah, so Leal, this guy, he was an attacking midfielder hunter, and if Mm. he didn't score a goal, he got like 32.
2: Yeah, he was terrible. The worst, Mm. a lot of times, he was coming off the bench too.
0: Yeah, but he would also go in there and he'd get like two assists and a goal, and he ended up with 85. You know, and it's just those are the things that you're trying to figure out where. You are going to be more risky, and Chris. Long story short, I look at rivals a lot more similar to the way that I play cap two forty.
2: Interesting.
0: I I want a high AA guy in my midfield to take some set pieces. Mm-hmm. I want decisive capable forwards.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, makes sense. You know, makes sense. I'm on the opposite spectrum of that because
1: <laughs> I and the way that I've been playing rivals and I've found success is that you build the floor right you build the highest floor you can possible straight across and like even with forwards like instead of instead of choosing the goal decisive one like you want to get the aa one across and then just hope for it because in other words like you got to think a lot of people with differentials and stuff like this and maybe they have a dfs brain they're like trying to get cheeky with it and it's like they end up hurting themselves taking a punt on that really really low cap guy to like try to hit in like all these like solid guys when like hey if you could just get a solid floor of minimum guys that are going to put you at enough level we're like hey maybe your tactics get you over or your bonuses get you over something like that and like instead of just going for like the punt decisive players you got to build that floor man like that's the way you got to do it i don't i don't like the punt at all at rivals.
2: so mm. i'm i'm interested in specifically the goalkeeper position as well Because there's only two goalkeepers, right? So you have one of two choices. One's going to be the right choice. One's the the wrong choice. Um, And a lot of times I'm going into some of these games like Real Madrid versus Osasuna, where it's like Real Madrid's clearly winning this game. Osasuna has 0% chance of a shutout, whereas Real Madrid probably has, what, 40%, 50% chance of a shutout, something like that. Do you pick the Real Madrid keeper and hope for the 40%, 50% chance, knowing that if Osasuna does score a goal, the other, like, uh, also, soon as keeper is going to get way more AA because Real Madrid is going to be shooting on him the whole time. Um, or do you go for like the decisive, you know, and just hope for a Real Madrid shutout? And like, that's basically the only way you win. Cause I've seen, I'd say I've played maybe like we have eight draft. to 10. I'd say <laughs> I've played eight to 10 games, and the, the keeper that I feel like should be scoring better has scored less in like probably seven of them. So, Just like this one, like Ronal versus Neuer. I'm never, ever starting Ronal. Actually, that's not true because I literally did start Ronal in a cap 220 lineup because he was so low AA or he was so low L15 and he was the only one that I had. Um, But normally, I'm never starting him in a pro competition, right? Never, because he does very little upside because you know Byron's going to score. 100% you know they're going to score. It's like 77 is basically the highest he can get. Um, Whereas Neuer, I know he's probably pretty cold for like a 60 um, except the the one off time where he has that zero or he doesn't get that zero and he gets a 35
0: so i'm really curious what hunter would do here just because hunter you're you're new you're newer at, at the soccer side of things so like when you're looking at this, to Chris's question, like which way are you going? Are you going with the guy on the best team that you know, or are you going with the guy on the worst team? Like if you're playing the worst, if you're Almeria in Spain and you're playing against Real Madrid, which happened the other like the other, this weekend, are you going to play that Almeria goalkeeper, hoping that he makes 84 saves, <laughs> or are you going to try to? just get the shutout, just pray for the shutout in a 60 score. Like what is, how do you look at goalkeepers when you select them?
3: Yeah. I'm typically just picking the big favorite, the team that that's favorited. Um, Yeah. I have limited experience with uh, hockey DFS picking goalies, which is kind of similar. You're either picking the heavy favorite, or even if um, you're facing underdog but they're going to face a lot of, a lot of shots, they get a lot of saves. They rack up a bunch of, you know, tiny saves And maybe they can squeak out a win. Then you get a huge score. Um, So I guess if I I haven't really looked into data as far as teams that, you know, make a lot of shots on, on goal. But if you're facing a team like that uh, maybe that would make sense um, to pick a goalie. But for me, I've I've just been picking really just the team that, that I know if it is Barcelona, like you said, I'm usually just picking that goalie. That's been working out pretty well so so far. Um, I was told to never choose a goalie as your, uh, is it captain or superstar? Yeah. Uh, whatever you, yeah. you pick yeah. in yeah. Rivals. Don't, don't yeah. yeah. I was told yeah. to, to never do that. It doesn't have enough upside. So I, yeah. I haven't been doing that. But Correct.
1: um, yeah. So Jorge, what do you do?
0: I'm, I'm curious from
1: your perspective too. So it, it really depends. And like th- this graphic that I made, is because we were playing together. Um, And yeah, we just like our goalkeeper was like the, the biggest different. And you had two rares in it. I was just playing commas. And it was a, oh man, it was a sweat, man. I was sweating. <laughs> like, like, goalkeeper, and I found myself in rivals, goalkeeper is almost like the last card that I pick. Hmm. Like, I've been starting with I've been starting with forwards, right? Because forwards are so far and in between, right? Like, you really, you don't always get good forwards for multitudes of reasons. So, like, that's where I start. I go, hey, I want the strongest, uh, strongest forward I can have, either AA-based, like, he's on a heat or whatever it is. Like, that's where I start. And then I head to the midfield. Depending on where the midfield's looking, either I'll pair it up or not. And then at the end, like, it really comes down to Like, at that point, before I even choose a defender, I'm like, okay, look at the goalkeeper situation. What's the situation? Who's the favorite? And then what's the cost going to be based on, like, the build that I want to build up? And, like, so I don't really have a right or wrong on this. And, like, even when I was making this graphic, I was like, there's really no right answer there. Like, it's because everybody knows that goalkeeper is that position that it's just the ball's going to fall where it falls. And you get what you get, no matter how much you want to project it or look into it or scrape the data, like, whatever it is it's going to happen. So it almost kind of like based it off what my build is at the time, what I'm building. And
0: then that's kind of how I've been deciding. it. So what about you? I think there is a right answer.
2: Yeah.
0: I think the right answer is the cheapest goalkeeper that starts. Interesting.
2: Because that, was, that was one of my reasons for taking the underdog goalkeeper was because they're normally lower on L15. Because here's the I game. get more in my, in the rest of my team.
0: Goalkeepers yeah. suck. They have the lowest upside. <laughs> They have the lowest upside and also the lowest lowest floors, right? Like they just – they are the limiting factor in all of your teams. So if you are taking a 60-cap goalkeeper, you are wasting 20-plus points that you could use to put a Jude Bellingham in your midfield or a Rodrigo or a Vinicius Jr. in your team. You need your outfield players to be stronger because that's where a majority of the points and the upside comes. So I am of the opinion that you take the crappy goalkeeper, the lowest goalkeeper, because they are low, as Chris said, for reasons. Their team typically gives up a lot of shots and they give up a lot of goals. But, you know, if it so happens that they keep a clean sheet you have more upside there. And the example I use is, what is it? Jan Summer last year, Chris, he was playing against like Bayern, and he faced like
2: 20 shots. He saved yeah. them all.
0: And he scored 100. literally
2: every time he places faces Bayern, he does yeah. this too.
0: And like, so, like, so teams like teams like Bayern take a ton of shots. That's why Renault, Renault was a good example there. They shot the ball out against him. He made a lot of plays. He had great AA, even though he didn't get the shutout with a shutout there. Because the shutout's 25 points, right? Because that's what the cost of the decisive is, Hunter. So with that shutout, he's at 100. So if he had shut them out, he would have been at 100 for a goalkeeper. And you get that when you play, play against superstar teams. So I'm taking the cheapest, crappiest goalkeeper that is available, and I am building the rest of my roster to maximize their outfield score. Because in my eyes, at least, like, it's just where you're going to win it. It's where your champions are going to be. I want my Jude Bellinghams, right? So, I want my top. I want my Carlos Heel, my Hector Herreras. You know, my Ben
2: Benders. Yeah. You you just <laughs> threw Ben Bender in there, like, Jesus! He tried um, to sneak it in there. He, he tried, tried to really sneak it, hard. it in, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> um, so, I I think this depends somewhat on the league that you're watching as well. The Bundesliga, like Bayern, hasn't been shut out in like 80 games. So, like, you're just not going to get a shutout against Bayern. It's not happening. Whereas, (laughs) I. A, I mean, it's like literally they have a shutout, shutout yeah. They look like stretch. crap right
0: now, though. We can talk about that um,
2: later if you'd like, but they look yes, at the they, cool. they do look bad, but they're still not getting shut out, which yeah. is telling of the Bundesliga.
0: Yeah, they're relying on their defenders to score, so that's a whole different conversation. I don't like Thomas too. So, but anyway, so
2: like Bundesliga is one thing, or like Real Madrid or Barcelona, like those teams score consistently every single game. Whereas if you're looking at MLS, top teams, even you know, Columbus's, LAFC's, Charlie. Miami's they get shut out occasionally mm-hmm. um but there there's also more scoring in that league so i i feel like I, I i'm trying to i'm trying to like rationalize in my head like which side i would kind of lean to on on the mls side cuz i think it's a whole different decision when you're talking about a game you expect to be like one nothing versus a game you expect to be like 2-2
0: cuz i feel like MLS, in a game you, you expect to be 2-2
2: yeah, in a game you expect to be like two-two or higher scoring. I feel like you take the higher, um, you take the the one that costs more, because they're a whole lot less likely to give up three goals.
0: Mm. Well, you know? oh, okay, and and this gets around to knowing the yeah, league yeah, that you're playing in, Hunter. Mm-hmm. So MLS is known to be more of an offensive and creative league than a defensive league. Right. But what that means is you're going to have a lot more 2-2 games than 0-0 games at the end of the year,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: okay? And Bundesliga is like a cracked-out version of MLS. Like, it's very offensive (laughs) and not very defensive. And, like, this this makes sense. So you understand what the leagues are. So you know you're going to get a lot of shots on goal, typically, in these leagues. And so understanding Mm -hmm. what the leagues do is important as well, whereas Spain – tends to be a lot more defensively, Italy and more defensively.
2: Yeah, I was thinking Italy.
0: Yeah, they're they're more defensive. So you're not going to get as much action for the goalkeepers. So you're trying to figure out which way to go, but understanding the league and the tendencies of the league will help this as well. And it's one of the things that I struggled with in Liga MX, in the Argentinian league, because I have no idea about the leagues. I'm just legitimately throwing darts at the dartboard. Hmm. That's what we're
1: all here. We're all DGents. That's what we do. That's what we do, baby. That's what we
2: do. Um no, so that was, I'm curious if Hunter has questions about like strategy or anything that like he's hearing anything that he wants us to kind of dive more in on because we're we're kind of throwing a lot at you. So if there's something that you you have like a specific idea of something that you uh you kind of want more information on.
3: Yeah, I, I had a question for you guys. This came up on on the podcast I did recently. I uh, what tactic are you guys using the most? Because, you know, Bob said there's different different leagues have different, you know, they're higher scoring, some are less scoring. Like, would you choose a certain tactic for teams in that league or is it just based on the team specifically? I've heard Gagan pressing is, is a good one. I've been using that one. Um, what what would make you choose uh, all-out attack, you know, more than something like Gagan pressing? Anyone?
2: Jorge's going first because he hasn't talked a lot
1: what i'm the host baby i'm just i'm just here to make y'all sound good all right i'm here to set you all up for success okay um yeah honestly right now in the way the game is and an interesting conversation to get into is like where the tactics are and is if they should change whether it's like the level to get to or what they are exactly but gang and pressing right now seems to be like just the top tier like most of the times you do and there is specific occasions and especially like, Bob, you've been bringing up League of Mechs a lot because I've always wanted to get into League of Mechs. It's impossible to watch on TV, so it's impossible for me to really get into it. But mm-hmm. Rivals has made me actually, I've been paying attention to League of Mechs every night, which is great. Thanks, Nico. Uh, I really feel home <laughs> roots growing in here, but um, yeah, it, it's just one of those things that I forgot, what were we talking about? I went on a rant. What was the question again?
3: Uh, Which, which tactics? Tactics! Uh, <laughs> tactics. <preferred.
1: laughs> yeah, no, gang impressing all the way. Um, I've been messing with... um all out attack a little bit. I've been doing a little bit more attacking minded. I did it, especially with the Brandon Vasquez the other day. So it's like, Hey, new guy on the pitch, right? He wants to show out. He's probably going to take a lot of shots and it ended up working out. Um, but also Liga max, like you were talking about leagues, very defensive, a lot of clearances in the box. So I've been, almost been stacking defenders. If you look at Liga max defenders score really well. So I've just been stacking two defenders and then hitting the clearances of the box. And it's, it's been working out for me too. So it kind of sucks that you almost do have to dig in a little bit into the teams to really gain that edge. Uh, but yeah, it kind of really just depends on the team.
2: Yeah,
0: it's. I like all out attack, just it's more fun. I think Mm. all out attack is going to make a lot more sense in MLS, Chris. Yeah, I think it makes more sense in Bundesliga just because of what I said before, Hunter. It is more of an offensive league as opposed to a defensive league. So I already gave the example of when Columbus plays and they have Cucho Hernandez and Diego Rossi and Aiden Morris. I'm playing all out attack every single time
2: with them, they're going to have 40 shots. Like, yeah,
0: exactly. You know and like and it's it's different. But also when you get teams that are exponentially better than the teams they're playing, that's when Hoga Benita and um Gegen pressing Tiki Taka. Whatever, it, 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 like, and Tiki, like all of these things, they come more into play when teams are yeah. so much better.
2: If so you know still. a team is gonna have 70% possession, you just go yeah. Tiki Taka, and it's it's pretty easy to at least hit the second tier, exactly. if not the if not the top tier. Jorge kind of alluded to this too um but really what your lineup is like you don't want to do all out attack if you have two defenders you know like you don't want to do um clearances if you have two forwards you know so there's there's a couple that I'll just like eliminate right off the bat just because I'm running a a double forward stack um I'm not doing anything defensive that in in that situation so like the actual players you pick also matter um and then like if I'm picking Barcelona and I'm picking Pedri as my midfielder Pedri doesn't even though Barcelona is super tiki-taka Pedri is kind of more far forward and he doesn't really complete a lot of passes per game um so I'm less inclined to go tiki-taka with him even though that would make a ton of sense for Barcelona as a team so I think also like just looking at your players and seeing like these guys consistently consistently have you know five clearances and that's all I need then I'm gonna go with clearances, yep. um, so I think yeah, just how you build your rosters. Is,
3: Wait, which one is clearances too.
1: again?
2: What uh, what uh, tactics? then?
3: gonna yeah. look.
1: It might, it might. Uh, clearances off the line. Gag impression. Oh, this is great content. Uh, um, while, we're at, <laughs> while we're looking, while we're looking that. Looking. Do you wanna, I, I do want to. I do want to end. Or Hunter, did you, you have more to program. that, or did you?
3: I was just wondering. Um. I, yeah. Uh, it, hold Hoga Bonita. Um, I know it means beautiful game in Portuguese, but I wasn't sure exactly what my players are earning when I choose that one.
2: So I got it pulled up here. Um, Tiki Taka is accurate passes. So Tiki yep. Taka is like Barcelona style. Um, it's made famous by uh, Pep Guardiola, who's not Man City, so it's their style too. So any Barcelona Man City game, you're, anytime you have a ton of possession or you expect 65, 70% possession, that's definitely a good one. Um yoga bonito is one contest. Um I'm not hundred percent sure what a contest is as yes. as opposed to like a duel, so like I kind of try to tend to stay away from this one if I'm being <laughs> honest. Um you have all out shot, which is obviously shot on goal, super um, easy. Park, Park the bus. bus, which is the Should effective know. clearance one. Oh,
3: okay. I haven't um, used that one yet,
2: and then Gagan Press, which is dual one. So like if I'm doing a double defensive stack and I expect It'll- like Real Madrid to be pressuring a lot and shooting a lot. The the other team is going to tend to get a bunch of clearances that way.
1: It only works in Liga, Max.
2: Yeah, it, it's and, very league specific. I'd say the most the the most ones that I use are Take Itaga, gag, and press, and all out attack.
0: Yeah, and I go I go gag and pressing, and I go all out attack because I try to put my forwards in more. I try to stack two forwards because because it's more fun. So when I'm doing a Liverpool team, I'm trying to get Cody Gakpo and Luis Diaz or some or Darwin Nunez. I'm trying to play both of them. So I have two forwards, two attacking forwards, and then I have a midfielder that is also attacking. It's like I'm, I'm looking for those specific types of players. And so Bayern Munich is a great example. Uh, Harry Kane and Sane, if you can fit them into your budget, they are going to attack. They are going to take a lot of shots on the goal. So all out attack makes perfect sense in that kind of manner. And if you have, you know, Jamal Musiala and is your midfielder, he's also going to take a lot of shots. So understanding what the team does and what the specific players do is a really big advantage. Like what Chris just said about Pedri. Like you can ask a lot of people on Silver what they know, but not as many people are going to know that Pedri doesn't tiki-taka as much as he should, you know.
2: Not for a Barca player, yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So like in those are the differences, like that's actually what separates a lot of people. The higher you get up, the more you're going to start learning this stuff, Hunter. And I think for you, baseball would make a lot more sense. You understand yes. that's – you understand what's going to happen and where the negatives are going to be. You're going to understand yeah. that Trey Turner is either going to go two for five with three strikeouts and two home runs, or he's going to go zero for five with five strikeouts. You're like you understand where the pros and cons are and where your built-in pieces are of who can do what, who is going to be more liable to strike out. Like, are you going to play Willie Adamas who strikes out every single at bat, or are you going to play Luisa Rice, who only hits singles? Like which way yeah. are you going to go? Are you for Willie Adams? And your tactic, you wouldn't want
2: home run on Luis Arias, right? right exactly. Right. Like because right. he's never going to hit one. So, but you um, would for Willie
0: Adams because like if he exactly. hits, goal, he hits a home run. Exactly. exactly, and that's that's kind of what we're talking about. And, like you already have that intrinsic knowledge in baseball, <laughs> and I really hope it comes out for baseball hunter oh, because I would love for us all to get together. It better, we like, be Ryan. Have I told
2: a, have you have we were going to take the show over. This has
1: been the worst two minutes of my life. <laughs>
0: Have a card like that we just like pass around each other, like when and stuff like that, which would be awesome. Like um, yes. the
2: last thing here with with the with the um tactics. If you pull my screen back up again, you can <sighs> also see like what they average. That's what this number here is. So like if I'm on Tiki Tac, I can see he averages 13 passes. He averages 34, and it gives me the overall total here. So I can say if they average 82 and I gotta get to 130, this is probably not my tactic. Um with this, they average 3.4, and I gotta get over three. That's probably not bad. Mm. They average 1.7, that's not close. Average 4.7, that's kind of close. Average 16 duels one, so I'd be doing gang impress here, right? With this random team. And I kind of love that you said that too,
1: because I didn't realize that I was doing it until you just said it, and I realized that I was doing it. I started playing around with players, like changing player, players in yeah. and out and then going to the tactics and seeing their averages yeah. and seeing if they change. And a lot of the times, like, you'll actually see a big difference where it's like, oh, like, I wasn't close to getting the Tiki Taka. It was maybe, like, averaging 90 to now. It's like, oh, it's like averaging 140. Like, of course, you're going to go for it. So you found like the
2: you... Tiki Taka guy. Ah, yeah, you found the yeah. Tiki Taka
1: guy. So even if you don't know, if you go in, if you have the time to set the lineups and you go in and kind of move pieces around, Uh, You could actually help yourself to rely on that tactic, which uh, seems to be pretty important
2: from these conversations. And to Bob's point, you got to get your stars on there. So, you know, you're putting like three or four, and then you put like a couple random people in and see how they fit with the rest of the tactic. Cause like those random people, you can change in and out. So you kind of look for, Mm -hmm. look for guys that fit what the other guys are going to do.
0: Yeah. And I gotta be honest with you. Like I have, I have not won five straight yet, Hunter. Like I'm really struggling. And the reason that I'm struggling is I'm struggling with my tactics. Mm. i'm losing games by less than 10 points mm. and we know that if you hit a tactic you get 10 points and so i actually i did a a lot attack for a team that was like stacked for attacking they did not take a single shot the
2: <laughs> <team>. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. oh no <laughs> wait I lost by yeah. six
0: points like moron
2: like, that's terrible literally just like, just one us one shot on goal the- is almost six points you know yeah. That's crazy. And that's
0: and that's interesting. Oh, how did that happen? And Jorge,
1: how many games in a row have you won? How many games? Ugh, I don't even know at this point. I'm at like uh, seven, eight. Are you right? Really? I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm He's mastering. killing it, man. Dude, I'm, dude, I, I, dude, I'm cleaning He's up the expert like here. Now. <laughs> Jorge, what's your rank, dude? uh well, that's, we'll, we'll get in there. I'm sorry if you're listening to this on the podcast. If you're on YouTube, you're having fun with us. This is uh, why you should watch look us at this. live, By the way, Do you see, you see my All little around. limited. Li- i'm a minnow amongst whales look at this look at this <laughs> look at me go i'm so good
2: <laughs> i also want to point out most wins against orange fly love that you really Ooh. love, it. love to see it and my most losses the trip and B. way to go oh <laughs> my my most oh. wins for the record are against pk and my most losses are to orange PK. fly
1: Oh oh to make you guys feel better, I'm 0-2 against Nico, so uh <laughs> oh, buddy I don't
2: even know if I beat Nico the second time. But uh I didn't even look, check.
1: We're almost at an hour. Uh Andy left this question forever ago and it was such a good question. I've been waiting to get to it to shove it in there. I didn't want to interrupt the great conversation. Uh, but I want to finish off with this question because it's it's been something that I've brought up since the very beginning and it's like been on my mind. Uh real quick, JVIC, get better at South America. What are you doing, buddy? My goodness, GF. But Andy right here basically said, if you play five limiteds, be ready to play someone with the mix, possibly two rare, two uniques, and one common. It's happened in before. Is that something that's going to deter people Like overall? We talked about getting people to buy cards, right? And we're getting people to onboard, and we want Hunter to buy limiteds. But Hunter loves DFS, and he loves this because it's just a DFS, but you don't have to worry about that in DFS. You know, you get your differential, you get your little salaries, blah, blah, blah. Hunter, is this something that, in the grand scheme of things, is going to be something that's going to keep people away from the platform? Because the scarcity thing is—it's people are on the fence.
3: Yeah, it does seem kind of like a, like pay to win. You know, you buy the the big cards, you get a huge advantage. Whereas in DFS, you know, everyone has the same salary cap. Um, you know, I haven't really faced it yet, just doing the free to play stuff. But I, I do kind of see that as as a deterrent. Um, I can't really speak to some of the yellow uh stuff like you guys can but I know there's been some complaints. I don't know. I kinda like how I kind of like everyone having a an even playing field. Um personally, you know, um that that's my take on that.
0: I don't know. What do you guys think? Chris? I like I like pay to win. <laughs> <laughs> listen, so, hey, like a true listen, whale. <laughs> no, yes, I understand that. But here's the deal guys. If the more people that don't pay to play the game the harder it is for the game to keep evolving like nothing is free and cheap and then we have to complain more about thresholds and all this fun stuff right which i don't even want to get into but at the end of the day this is a fantasy game and there are some things that we want to do like we it's not fpl fpl has all those fantastic numbers but 99.72% of them, and that's an exact number, stop playing after the second week because they're already out of it. That's not an exact number, by the way. I'm so full of crap. <laughs>
2: but You had me.
0: F- <laughs> so much confidence. The way oh, that wow. you
2: like, went after it and was like, I actually yeah. looked this up. I was like, <laughs> I mean, he looked it up. What else am I going to say?
0: <laughs> make it until you make it, guys. No, but at the end of the day, like Sober is based on – playing the pro game and rivals, this is like, I'm okay. Like if rivals goes to two separate competitions, one of just common and one of pro and the rewards are more based on the pro side, the pay to play side, I'm more in favor of that. And of course I have, I'm looking out for my own bag and yada, 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 but money has to keep coming into the system and money is currently coming into the system from people that want to move up the ranks not as i i and again i I'm, I'm speculating i don't know how many new people are like oh man i want to buy new cards they buy a new card and then they play me and they're like oh f this i'm going to sell this card and never play it again you know like i don't know what that looks like we're not behind the scenes we don't know what's happening but this platform as a whole needs people to keep putting money into it right we need to keep getting more people interested. And honestly, with this game, some people are not going to want to buy in. That's okay. That's great. Like there is a free to play side in rivals with commons that can be great. I think if you base it off of that and you give them some options, you give them the reward boxes, you give them those things. Fantastic. Right. If you give the bigger prizes to people that have put a lot of time and money in, I can see that happening as well, but there is a balance. There's a mix. And honestly, like, I don't want tickets. Tickets are the worst reward you could ever give to somebody. Can you imagine, Hunter, like, you're the first person to push up to 700. Like, hey, Hunter, we're going to pay for you to go see El Clasico, you know, Real Madrid and Barcelona in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the game. Here's the $150 ticket. Enjoy buying the $1,500 flight and the $1,500 you have to get. It doesn't work. Right. Like it just it doesn't work. Yeah. So we have to figure these things up. Somewhere knows this. Like when we did Baseball Hunter, like I won some unique competition and I won the all star game tickets and the batting practice passes. I couldn't go. I had to give it to somebody mm. like I can't like these traveling is hard is what it comes down to. And tickets are the worst thing that you can possibly give. So you have to incentivize with things that we're going to actually want. And I don't know what that is, honestly. Like, I want more cards, but if you give me more cards, we saturate the market and it's no good to me after a while, right? It's like, what is the thing? Like, let me buy more arena tickets. Like people complain about getting arena tickets in their loot boxes. I love it. You know, and one thing I would say to all of you, I want to see more paths to win arena tickets because right now I think we just have win three, win five, win seven, win nine, win 842 that's in a row. Coming for sure. And like, and so like that, I want to see that as the next iteration of when things come And That just might be adding them to the club shop. Like yeah. that actually makes the club shop
2: that's super easy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That makes the club shop really good. Like and then I'll actually be really excited about it because we've been promised things in the club shop for years at this point. Oh, and
1: it makes you want to play pro if you're playing rivals because you want those tickets. So now you're gonna go play pro to, to farm coins to get a ticket for the rivals game you actually like. And, and, and then you get to take the so 5 process.
0: Yeah, it's a circle <laughs> of life, man, and it leads wow. you forward. Yeah, see, and this is you're like this is coming from someone who I love the rivals game because I want to climb the leaderboard. I don't have the tickets to do it. I want to figure out a way to incentivize me to spend. Or do whatever to get them, and if it's microtransactions, I mean, you know, would I rather buy some no-name defender in you know second division Europe, or I rather buy fifty arena tickets? Like,
2: hey, I, I'm actually all the defenders in second division Europe have names, Bob. We just don't know any of them.
0: I know most of them. Most of them are in my gallery. If you want to be really confused about who plays soccer, go look at my gallery. Good grief.
2: I do think the the daily rewards, uh, it says, are coming soon based on mm-hmm. this page here. Um, so I think they're going to come up with stuff, and I would assume this is going to be tickets and like inter- two competitions in a day and get, like, two arena tickets for free or something like that, which I think is going to end up helping that as well. Yep. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I expect, you know, bigger and, and better things coming. And I could just see this mode being the thing that you play live, like, almost eSports-y, you know? Yep. Like, they have all kinds of eSports, and this is perfect to be able to sit down, have a match on you have two guys that are you know on a on a simulcast of the of the match uh, and they both have their guys and they're both kind of breaking down what the lineups are doing and um and like it's a it's a professional like production like it's so rare tv could just stream this stuff non-stop That would be fun so, so entertaining that would so be entertaining fun. to watch
0: and this just in i just beat hunter oh <laughs> Wow.
3: I, I got the notification as you were talking. I am now what? What am I? One in eight now, I think?
0: Man, I, I got smoked oh. by everybody else. You're the only win I had, Hunter.
1: <laughs> hey, man, this, this, think... this is like a Karate Kid thing where you just like get beat up by the master enough
0: until you become <laughs> the master. Like... Wax off.
3: <laughs> I think you know what I did? I forgot to check if my guys were in the lineup, so I got a donut from one of them. Yeah, yes. that's why you beat me.
0: Like, I, barely, <laughs> I barely beat you. That's why you must. I told you, <laughs> I'm not good at this. Not good at this.
2: <laughs> yeah it, it's learn from it's, jorge not from bob yeah have, that's what we've learned here oh you don't it.
0: want to do that yeah uh-uh. no i'm getting yeah it's the game is going to evolve it's going to look a lot different in the month than what it does now you know and i, I think it's gonna be fun i want to see i really want to see that club shop evolve i want to see what comes out i want to see how we can get it like i said microtransactions are the most direct route to making a little bit more revenue in the system. Yep. And I mean, honestly, you know, kids spend hundreds of thousands of dollars of their parents' credit cards on microtransactions within games. So, I mean, now we can let adults spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on microtransactions within their own games. So, <laughs> it, it,
1: it, we're still spending it. You, you should yeah. check my uh, credit card transactions on Roblox. <laughs> it's not me. I swear. Wait, free
0: oh. Transactions. Like, I've got so many free hotel points at this point. It's incredible. Thank you so much. <laughs> really. Oh man,
1: I love I love this though. But speaking look, of I but, no, uh, ahead, I know what, no, keep cooking. Keep cooking. Our, no, no, you're no, good.
0: Keep I, cooking. I, I like talking to you guys. Like, listen, I have to go downstairs and like do other responsible adult things.
2: Okay? He's gotta get more fruit snacks, people. <laughs> yeah. He, he went out Let's out call a snacks. spade a spade. <laughs> He's I, out I of fruit it. snacks and chocolate milk. We no, gotta wrap it
0: up. So have <laughs> you guys done any deposits from your credit card yet? Now that it is available on PayPal. I've just been buying auctions.
2: Negative. I haven't deposited anything in probably a year and a half. Yeah. To be fair.
0: Yeah, I tested it out. It's I like it. It it's works. Just, yeah, it works, works fine. I mean, the pro it's it's cash, right? So it doesn't come in as ETH. And yeah. cash is a very taboo thing, the mixing of the two. But it works. And Hunter in baseball, I had a lot of people buying and selling in cash. So I think it's gonna be really good at baseball side of things.
3: Ooh, I Can't like the sound wait. of that.
0: When we Can't. get there in. I really want to play rivals in baseball. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, yes, yeah. we pick one game, and we just we go at that game. And whenever it's the you know the Pirates against the Oakland A's. All right, well, this
1: has been a great episode. <laughs> uh, we're not going to do this one baseball thing. <laughs>
0: oh, we're going to